Good morning, everyone. Welcome back to the New Lexington Bible Church Weekly Devotional Podcast. I'm Pastor Brian. Thank you for tuning in once again. And uh, we are still in James chapter uh, 2. We're in James chapter 2. We're looking at verses uh, 9 through 20 this morning. Uh, So go ahead and find that in your Bibles. It's uh, good to start the week out with another great devotional. Uh, Really learning a lot through this, and uh, it's exactly what we need. So I hope it's a blessing to you. It sure has been a blessing to me studying over it, and uh, I'm praying for you. I hope that you're continuing to pray for me, and uh, I hope everyone has a really good week and that they'll make it into their midweek service, if not with with our church, but with the church that uh, they can make it to. And uh, I'm just thankful for all those that tune in and listen into the podcast and do these studies with me. So what a great way to start each week and uh, waking up and opening up the Bible and meditating on God's word. Amen. Let's uh, go ahead and and have a word of prayer and we'll get right into James chapter 2 this morning. Father, we thank you for another week. Thank you for getting us up this morning. Thank you for giving us another opportunity to open up our Bibles and to meditate on your word and to study it and to seek to learn it. God, I ask that you will open up our eyes of understanding, uh, that we'll understand the scriptures, that we'll be able to apply the spiritual truths in our life and that we'll be able to share it with others and live it as an example to others. As we'll be talking about in our study this morning, Lord, help us be doers of the word and um, help us show our faith with our actions. And um, God, I just ask that you will bless this Bible study, give me the words to teach, and uh, let it be edifying and a blessing to all that will tune in and and do the Bible study with us. God, I pray for them. I pray for their needs this morning. And Lord, uh, just a special prayer is uh, we do remember today uh, just very serious events that took place in our country uh, quite a few years ago when we were attacked by terrorists. And, uh, Lord, it it does uh, bring to memory the fact that um, there's evil that seeks to destroy us, evil that seeks to destroy your works um, in the world, your works of redemption. Satan wants to destroy us, and um, we know that our country stands on freedom, and we have enemies that don't like that, and so they they want to attack us. And, God, in these times of tragedy, we've seen... Many uh, very brave people rise to the occasion, uh, willing to sacrifice their own lives to demonstrate courage and strength and bravery for the benefit of others that they're seeking to help and rescue. So, Lord, we thank you for all first responders today, and we lift them all up to you in prayer. And uh, we've seen them in action many times since 9-11, Lord, and uh, we are thankful for how they responded during the covid pandemic and you know every time there's uh, some kind of a event that takes place that uh, requires a lot of first responder attention they're always there for us lord and so we lift them up to you today in prayer that you will strengthen them and continue to give them courage and bravery and um, that they feel appreciated and respected for what they do because um, our our freedoms our liberties our safety and our well-being would not be the same without him, Lord. So we lift them up to you today. We thank you for this day in history. Um, let it remind us what we stand against in the world and help help us draw closer to you uh, through remembering those events. So, Lord, we ask that you bless this day, bless this Bible study, 
and all that listen in, Lord. I thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, let's get into James chapter 2 here. We'll start uh, in verse 9. James chapter 2, starting in verse 9, the scripture reads this, But if ye have respect to persons, ye commit sin and are convinced of the law as transgressors. Remember, we left off last week talking about the sin of favoritism. And so I left verse 9 out so that it would be a good entry point for this lesson. And verse 10, it continues on to that, off that point. For whosoever shall keep the whole law and yet offend in one point, he is guilty of all. So this is, you know, we have to remember James is writing to a pretty well-disciplined and pretty orthodox um, audience of Jewish believers. So these are believers that had uh, practiced um, adherence to the law of Moses. Um, uh, many had had a, sh- a very sheltered upbringing. And so they had mastered a lot of the tactics of abstaining from worldliness and things like that. And so I, I think it's important to realize that there are some people and this was very this did happen with the Jews they considered themselves to be morally upright and having done really very little or nothing wrong at all and so James is kind of pointing out even even one act of favoritism makes you a sinner uh, so if you think that you've grown up and you've been morally upright and you haven't sinned and you've never broken these commandments and well I've never I've always put God first and uh, you, you know Jesus encountered one that's like well I've kept all these commandments from my youth uh, and, and, and Jesus was able to point out to him where his trust really was at um, because he told him to give away all that you have to the poor and the man went away sorrowful right um, and so the, the the illustration here what James is getting at you only have to break one little portion of the law, and here it's respect to persons. Because as soon as you've shown that favoritism, he had already established this, you've become a judge of evil thoughts, and so you've sinned. And so you've sinned against God, that makes you a sinner. And then we go on in verse 10, So whosoever should keep the whole law and yet offend in one point, he's guilty of all. So even if you're guilty of one little sin, you're guilty of the whole law. Um, Let me give you kind of an illustration on how that works. All right. So you look at our legal system, our criminal legal system in America, for example. And let's say somebody goes into a, I don't know, goes into a bank. They have a gun and um, they never show the gun, um, and they ask for the money in the bag. And they tell the, the, you know, they hand them a note and they say, um, <clears throat> "Make make sure make sure you don't make me pull this gun out or whatever." They, you know, they threaten everything else. Um, this is how the law works. So they get caught later or whatever, and the indictment comes. Now you'd say, well, it'd be getting indicted for bank robbery. Yeah, but, but basically how that works is, um, you know, they, they could they could, they could make the case like this. Um, he committed 
an aggravated burglary, an aggravated robbery, bank robbery, a felonious assault, kidnapping, abduction, uh, you, you know, use of a deadly weapon, um, inducing panic, aggravated. I mean, they could they can just throw all, all they could just stack all this law and in the and when the defendant sitting in jail, he gets the indictment paper. He's like, I didn't do all this, and they, they then they find out through the legal system that by doing this one thing that you've actually also committed this crime and this crime and this crime and this crime and it just goes on and on and on and that's how you end up with these hundred count indictments on criminal defendants um, because one thing leads to another and it just kind of just goes haywire from there and so it's the same thing with breaking the law um, of God right so when you break one commandment it's implied that several other commandments are also broken within that act um, because to commit any sin at all you weren't putting God first you were putting yourself first so if you've committed this sin you've committed that sin you get, so so the so what he's what James has clarified here to them is you break one commandment you're guilty of the whole law um, because and, and there's a lot um, there's a lot involved with that I wish I had more time to really expound on that principle some more. Um, but the whole reality of it is, is to be justified by the law, you have to keep the whole thing. And there's hundreds of ordinances of the law, and man could not do it. Um, and that is why we needed a Savior, Jesus Christ, to come and fulfill that law and pay the price for our transgressions for us so that we could have eternal redemption and so that we could have everlasting life and a place in heaven with Him. All right, so we're all sinners because we've all broken the law, and I could go further into that, but he he makes he makes the case there that if you just broke one little portion of the law, you're guilty of the whole thing. All right, so verse eleven, we'll move on. For he that said, "Do not commit adultery," said also, "Do not kill." Now, if thou commit no adultery, yet if thou kill, thou art become a transgressor of the law. So speak ye, and so do as they that shall be judged by the law of liberty. So another way to look at that is, picture a prison environment. Um, this person is in there for theft. That person's in there for murder. But at the end of the day, y'all both, they both in there. They both convicts. They've both broken the law. It's one law book. It, it convicted both of them. Um, and so that's another way of kind of addressing that is my sin is not greater or lesser than your sin all sin is sin right and so while we have things in the bible that are addressed as abominations before god and this and that at the end of the day sin is sin is there's an equal playing field all sin is um all sin manifests guilt before god um, and needs to be forgiven so he addresses that then in verse 12, he says this, So speak ye, and so do, as they that shall be judged by the law of liberty. So, um, basically, don't be a hypocrite. Do as you say. That's the best way to look at that. Do as you say, because you're going to be judged by what you both say and do, by the law of liberty. Now, um, there's more involved with the law of liberty, too, and I don't have too much time to expound into that today um, but uh, 
but maybe we'll try to hit on that at another time in the podcast. So, um, but remember that they've been freed from under the law and are under grace. And so there are some principles involved in grace that requires them to acknowledge the fact that they are no longer under the law. And then there's, if you will love God with all of your heart and all your uh, might and all your strength and all your mind, and if you'll love your neighbor as yourself, and if you'll love one another, you'll fulfill the perfect law of liberty. It's important to remember that. And so that is kind of a reference of that is loving. And um, so maybe also that may deal a little bit with the favoritism. If you favor one over another, are you loving your neighbor as yourself? All right, moving on a little further here. Verse 13, very important concept. For he shall have judgment without mercy that hath shewed no mercy, and mercy rejoiceth against judgment. So here's a spiritual principle right here. This is a glimpse of a principle that God applies at the believer's judgment. So this is not a test on a sinner who's never gotten saved, who goes before the great white throne judgment of God, um, just because he was a good person and merciful to others and gave to charity does not mean that he'll be excused of his wrongdoings. That's not how it works. But in the believer's judgment, because we will all stand before the judgment seat of Christ, and I can tell you this, we will all have blown it enough times that if anyone reserved the right to be unmerciful towards us, in terms of our believers' judgment and our works being manifest and loss of rewards, Jesus would reserve the right to be very unmerciful towards us because we've all messed it up. And so here's the spiritual principle that the Lord Jesus will apply to us. If we show no mercy to others, He'll judge us without mercy. In other words, Brian, you've lost this, this, and this reward because you did this, this, and this. You're not going to feel bad about it. But our measurement of mercy will be applied back to us when we stand before him. So, blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. Um, there's another, another way of looking at that as well. <clears throat> and um, it says this, re- that... Uh, Uh, Let me find my place. Mercy rejoiceth against judgment, right? And so that's kind of what I've just hit on there with you. But I want to point this out to you. Acting out of faith to help others is showing them mercy, right? So, and he gives us some examples, and we'll talk about those before we close out the podcast here. I don't have a whole lot of time, but um, what ends up happening is, you know somebody is without food. Just, I'll pray for them to be fed, Okay, great. Um, And God certainly can answer the prayer. But if you have the ability to grab some food and and take it over there to them, do it. Act out of your faith and show them mercy. That's showing mercy. Um, Helping somebody in any need that they might have is showing mercy to them. Every time you share the gospel with somebody that doesn't know Jesus, you're showing mercy to them. Um, And so it's important that we realize and grasp that concept 
of showing mercy to others. And so let's let's read on here through verse 20. Verse 14 says this, What doth it profit, my brethren, though a man say he hath faith and have not works, can faith save him? Whoa, now, hold on, preacher. That sounds like um, a man is saved by works. No, that's not what it's talking about. But it, it does connect there with verse 13 about um, showing mercy, right? Um, so the word save does not automatically imply eternal salvation. The word also translates to any form of deliverance, right? And so here we're addressing um, a situation that ties in with mercy. Not only do we need mercy in um, in our um, spiritual judgment when we when we leave this temporal life, but we also need we also need mercy uh, now in our in our physical life as well. And so you know, a couple things. Um, a couple things to consider with this. So let's just break it down. Let's just have a short discussion on salvation by faith or works and this and that because this this really is the pivotal uh, verse on the topic um so some think that james teaches salvation by works uh i'm going to tell you today that that's not the case um once again keep in mind the audience was jewish believers who had already been saved by faith they've already been born again um they're already walking by faith um <clears throat> but what james is really addressing is putting your um putting action to your beliefs all right so Put making um, works um, illustrate on display the faith that is in you. Basically, if I say I have faith in Jesus Christ, okay, can you see that faith? Can somebody else see that faith when I say I have faith in Jesus Christ? No, they can't visually see that. But when I do things for others out of that faith, that is what people can see. And so it's putting action to belief. So when faith is operating... We're acting in accordance with what God has said, um, and we're doing what God has said, and we're putting it into action, and we're using it to help others. Um, and if we are failing to put action to our faith, then our faith is not functioning as it should. All right, and so, um, so yes, the word "saved" is is very much associated with salvation from eternal punishment but the the fact of the matter is the word can speak of any kind of deliverance or salvation from any kind of physical spiritual harm or loss and so um the bible is what james is addressing here in the bible is that um faith may not save us from any of the harm or loss that we can experience in life if our faith is merely expressed in words without action um, so we claim to believe what God says about the dangers of sin. This is just an example. Um, but if we don't actually act and take heed to what the Bible is warning us about, then we may not be delivered from the consequence of that sin in our physical life. And so um, it can still harm us because we didn't obey God's word and we didn't put faith into action. And so we could still find ourselves in a position um, where we are suffering consequence in this physical life also we're going to stand before the judgment seat of christ if we fail to put our faith to work to use it as the bible says to have mercy on others and to help others 
then that faith will not deliver us or save us from an adverse believer's judgment where we will still be eternally saved, but we'll also have the loss of reward. And so uh, James then goes on to, to point this out. And so it's really about this. Um, for people to see the faith in us and also for them to come to the conviction that Jesus that they want a relationship with Jesus, we have to put our faith to work and show it to others. Then he gives us this example. If a brother or sister be naked and destitute of daily food, and one of you say unto them, Depart in peace, be ye warmed and filled, notwithstanding you give them not those things which are needful to the body, what doth it profit? You see that? Even so, faith, if it hath not works, is dead, being alone. Nobody can see it. It's not alive. It's not producing any work. It's not doing anything. You say you have faith, but then you do absolutely nothing um, to show that faith. So that faith is dead. It does not profit anybody. Just like that homeless person or that hungry person is not profited when you just say, Oh, um, have a nice day. I hope you get what you need. Um, and if you are in a position to help them, you should. Um, verse 18, Yea, a man may say, Thou hast faith, and I have works. Show me thy faith without thy works, and I will show thee my faith by my works. It's, it's, it's very simple. He's addressing the fact that true faith in the Lord produces good works. Right? We're not saved by works. We're saved to do good works, and to do good works for God um, that will impact others. And so... Um, and in this last spiritual principle here involved in our lesson this morning is this we can claim to believe the word of God but if we do not act upon the word of God we are forfeiting the blessing which we could have experienced otherwise and think about this think about this verse thou believest that there is one God thou doest well the devils also believe and tremble but will thou know O vain man that faith without works is dead in other words if you say you have faith in God but you don't put your faith to work in your lifestyle you're no better than the devil that believes in God but just sits and trembles amen so even the devils believe but they don't do anything good to help others, right? Demons, devils, all that stuff. So that is a hard that is a hard saying, but it's a true one. God is saying, if you say you have belief in me, but you don't actually do anything with it, what good are you to me? Those are hard words from the Lord. So let me ask you this. Are you doing good for the Lord today in your life? He's been good to you. He's been merciful to you. He's provided eternal salvation to you. You don't have to worry about an eternity in condemnation. You've been delivered from that. You've been saved. Now are you producing the works in your life to show others the faith that is in you? To lead others to know Christ? To help others and to show mercy to others as God has shown mercy to you? And if your answer to that is no, I'm really not doing what I should with it, then take this moment today to pray and change direction. Let's pray. Father, 
We thank you for the convicting Bible lesson this morning. And um, Lord, I think every reasonably minded Christian would say we're, we're not doing enough. Um, <clears throat> we're not doing enough to show our faith to others around us. Um, and we would like to do more. But the most important portion of the lesson today, Lord, and really the, the heart of our prayer, is that if we really have never taken the steps of putting our faith into action at all, um, and if our profession of faith is not being um, corroborated with evidence that we're showing in the fruits of our lifestyle and the works that we do around us, God, we come today asking for forgiveness, then that you would give us the ability to change direction and to begin to do those things that we know are right, that we'll become doers of the word and not hearers only, that we won't just say that we have faith with our words, but that we will begin to show our faith to others by the good works that we want to do in your name to be merciful and helpful to the community and to people around us, Lord. There's many people in need, and, um, and Lord, the biggest need of all is the need for Jesus in their life, and um, we need to be eager and willing and ready to share our relationship with Christ with them. So, Lord, strengthen us today. Help us today in this area. Help us um, show mercy to others and as an appreciation for the mercy that you've showed to us, Lord. I, I again lift up everyone from our church and <clears throat> that listen into the podcast. I pray for them, Lord, and I'm thankful for their prayers. And God, I just ask that you will bless us this week and help us apply these spiritual truths to our life. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for tuning in. I'm Pastor Brian. I'll see you next time on the New Lexington Bible Church Weekly Devotional Podcast.